0: from the planet known as Earth. You are listening to Brentfist with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope. They say that all actors want to be rock stars, so I am very excited because my guest today, Chris Joyner, is in fact a rock star. In addition to his own albums, he has performed with huge acts like Heart, Jason Mraz, Amos Lee, Cheryl Crow, The Wallflowers, Natalie Merchant, Ray LaMontagne, The Counting Crows, and... There's so many more I I haven't even mentioned. And I've had people who have auditioned for SNL on this show. And I've had people who have watched SNL on this show. But Chris Joyner has actually performed on Saturday Night Live twice. So let's get this show on the road because we've got Chris Joyner in the studio today on Breakfast. (laughs) Breakfast. Welcome to breakfast with Brad Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. (laughs) That could go on a (laughs) Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm gonna need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. (laughs) (laughs) Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. Yeah. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Chris Joyner, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, sir. Man, this is so. Different for my show, and different in a great way because I'm a huge fan of music, and so this is nice. We met, I believe, when Tress and I saw you perform in a, a very early version of the rock musical that later blew up big time, Rock of Ages. Rock
1: of Ages, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it went to Off Broadway and Broadway, and maybe back again. And
1: well, it started off even smaller than that. It started off at a small club called what uh, was called the King King on on Hollywood Boulevard, right? And then went away. And then came back and went to a small soundstage. And then That's went away. That's where we saw yeah, the soundstage. Yeah. And then went away and came back and went to sounds. And then went to Vegas and then went off Broadway. And then Tom Cruise Blew is up. in a movie. Yeah. yeah it's so, crazy.
0: So it ends up being the, the end result is it ends up being a movie of Tom Cruise and Alc Baldwin and like Julianne Huff. I think Paul Giamatti, Mary J. Blige was yeah. in that movie. Was Russell Brand? Yeah. He was one of the guys in the movie. Catherine Zeta Jones was. I mean, it was huge. And then, but it, But when we saw it, I I love the cast. The version we saw, you were playing keyboards, yes. correct? Yeah. Uh, that original... I was an
1: arsenal. That was a rock band. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. All yes. right. right.
0: <laughs> uh, the original cast was amazing because it had Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Uh, playing was that the Tom Cruise character that he played?
1: I believe so. You know what's funny, man? In Full Confession, I never saw the movie.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't remember the movie that well. But Stacy the... Jacks,
1: I think he was Stacy. Yeah, Jacks. Okay. He was like the prick rock star. Right? Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, so. Chris Hardwick, everyone knows from, like, doing the Walking Dead after show yeah. and things like that and all nerd culture. And then uh, Kyle Gass, who's the other half of Tenacious D with Jack Black, yeah, was the was the Alec Baldwin part. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the club owner. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Great, dude. How long did you work on this show and, like, what different variations of it?
1: I started off from the beginning. Um, a good friend of mine, David Gibbs, he was in charge of the music, pulling the songs. Yeah. And he got me in from the very beginning, so I was in the the first productions. Very cool. Um, And a club, rehearsing. Nobody knew what it would turn into.
0: Yeah, it has to be a surreal thing where you're like, yeah, I'll do this thing. It's it's probably be nothing, but it'll be a good thing to work on. And then all of a sudden, like, years later, it's like, whoa. It's
1: crazy, yeah. I mean, I'm on the Broadway soundtrack, which was just funny. It just started off, everyone was so grateful and everyone was so kind and so great.
0: Also, I, I always think like, man, I bet they thought they were going to get the rights to do Rock of Ages by Def Leppard, which would
1: have been great. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I'm i not 100% sure. I think they approached them. Yeah. But I think they turned them down. And I think they... Uh, oh, Joe Elliott.
0: Yeah. You, yeah. Th- hey, first band I ever saw. Uh, that was the first concert I ever went to. Def Leppard on the Hysteria Tour. Nice. Uh, L.A. Guns opened for them. Nice. Yeah, I think L.A. Guns was just like... It seemed like eight guitarists around this stage and a drummer, and that's it. Like, so what, do, what are
1: we thinking? What is that, like, 80s? Yeah, it was late 80s. Late 80s, yeah. yeah. Hysteria, yeah, right? that's funny.
0: Now, you grew up in the L.A. area?
1: Born and raised, yeah. Born in Hollywood, wow. as cheesy as that sounds. As a matter of fact, I was born at the old Cedars, which is now the big blue Scientology building. What? Yeah, that was the old Cedars.
0: I, this is a new thing the for Cedars me. Cedars of Lebanon, wow. yeah. Back, that's crazy. Back so, in the 1900s, yeah. You had told me something just before we came in, and I was like, we're going to talk about music the whole time, and this is going to be great, and then you dropped this thing on me about Jaws. Jaws, yeah. Tell me that story.
1: So, um, my dad was the first assistant director on Jaws, so uh, he did worked on Jaws and Jaws too. so they've got wow. pictures of him and Steve on the mantle. Uh, Steven. And by Steve, you, know, you mean Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Exactly. I,
0: I heard that name before. Yeah, it's very funny, <laughs> but he, I mean, I
1: think Spielberg was 27 when they made that movie. So crazy, crazy, right? Yeah. So I grew up, you know, looking at Bruce, the the big mechanical shark that was, yeah. you know, that never worked. Um, and I've got, of course, that movie's traumatized generations,
0: right? You know, still, still, you hear yeah. that? I actually, you know, that's the music is so traumatizing. Great example of like how everyone knows that theme from Jaws, yeah. Right. In fact, the other day I had like this video I put like on Instagram. I was like, oh, this is kind of scary. Let me put the Jaws, Jaws music theme. to the background, you know.
1: Two notes. Totally right. recognizable no, 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 from no. two notes. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Did you grow up around actors in that kind of environment then?
1: I grew up, um, yeah, I guess so. My, my dad traveled a lot for work. So my mom, instead of me staying put, she would just take me and my sister and we travel all around. So like we lived in Spain and lived in England <sighs> as a kid okay. and um, Martha's Vineyard where they shot Jaws and Florida for Jaws too, yeah. and all around. But so I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up around Hollywood to, okay. to a certain degree and... We finally settled down. I think my dad got a a job at Disney um, in the 80s, and that's when we stopped basically traveling. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, you say, uh, did you enjoy Spain?
1: I love Spain. I was a kid, man. All right.
0: So, let's let's both say our favorite city in Spain at the same time. We'll see if it's the same one. One, two, three. Barcelona. Barcelona. Of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I mean, Madrid's beautiful. Madrid Um, is like
0: New York, but they speak Spanish, basically. Exactly. Uh, Pamplona is cool, but that's just for that one time a year. Other than right. that, it's like kind of a small town.
1: Is that where they do the tomato thing?
0: That's where they do the running. The, the bulls. bulls right. That's what. Uh, that was my. That's what I wanted to do on our honeymoon. So I ran with the bulls on our. Did honeymoon. you really? Yeah.
1: She let uh. you do that.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it took some bribing. I'm sure that's amazing. How? What was it terrifying?
0: It was terrifying, but like also the most exciting thing I've ever done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they
1: sometimes the bulls win, right? Sometimes
0: like they, they well, Yeah, you're running and you try to get. You're supposed to. Just get at, the bulls aren't going to get you unless something unless they get turned around or something right. and, and get afraid and are running back at the people because right. they're just trying to, you know, they're trying to just get through too. They're like I don't right, I don't, right. part of this, but yeah, it's some uh it, it can be dangerous, but I think you can also be pretty safe. And they also have like they have uh, EMT training that's unmatched, I guess in in uh, Pamplona they can do surgery like right there on the streets like it's a very it's <laughs> specifically crazy. right mm-hmm. if yeah.
1: because of people that's funny
0: i want to ask you this because i know that you play i know that you sing i I've, i listened to your albums uh we'll talk about those a little bit later i know that you uh play keyboards do you play a lot of other do you play every instrument
1: i played i started off playing piano i had the lady up the street who gave me piano lessons in third grade and then uh, me and my sister both started and then I started playing guitar. My sister played guitar, and I just kind of grabbed a hold of it and started messing around with that. And then I got into playing harmonica um, in high school, like chromatic harmonica, like yeah, steep, steep, oops, sorry, Stevie Wonder or like Tim right. Steelman and stuff, um, um, which I'm not great at, but I, I love it, and it's way more portable than uh, a piano, you know. And then um, some percussion, and I took uh, trumpet lessons. I think that's probably the most recent lesson I took is trumpet, and I'm right. terrible at it, but. I love no trombone. I'm, I took trumpet and trombone, and then, um, but mostly now I play guitar and piano and accordion. I play a lot of accordion, which I love. Cool. I love it. I, it's weird, but I love them.
0: I, it's interesting to me that you talk about being born and raised in LA because I listen to your albums and I, I like them. The the, the the earliest one was "Loved,", Loved is that right? Yeah. And the "Domino," right? And. If I had to, if I'm listening to it, just me as a person who who enjoys music and mm. from different areas and different styles, um, I would. I'm kind of like, oh, he's probably from like New Orleans. Huh,
1: yeah. Funny thing. Yeah. So I was slightly obsessed mm-hmm. with uh, New Orleans music. Okay. I've got I've got family from Louisiana. My grandma's from Louisiana, but I am. Um, I got this record Gumbo back in when I was in tenth grade and got hit to Dr. John and it just basically That's completely. That's a
0: famous album, right? I hear people, it's, I hear people talk about that album. Maybe it's because I watched that show *Treme*, where yeah, everyone was yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. No, it's it's pretty. It's a legendary record. Yeah, and it, um, yeah, and it's just groovy. I think it was recorded in L.A. in 1972, and the covers uh, Mac Rebennack, Dr. John, standing in front of a, a slaughterhouse, just being just a greasy, funky bastard man. Okay. But um so anyway so yeah so that's a big influence as far as my piano playing I got
0: Cool so I was so I was kind of spot correct. on with yeah. okay excellent uh, well I love that sound so that's yeah. great uh, do you play when you're do, when you're doing your own albums are you playing most of the instruments no,
1: Well on um, no let's see okay. piano piano and guitar the acoustic guitar um for both records and um Actually, on the second record, I got some great other keyboard players to kind of sit. And this guy, Rami Jaffe. Okay. And Rami's a keyboard player. Now he's with the Foo Fighters. But Wow. Yeah. So he played organ on my first record. Okay. As well. And uh, another local guy named Zach Ray, another great keyboard player. Cool. um, Yeah. So, I mean, they can do some things that I can't do. We have a
0: a new single that you kind of released, too. Yeah. Called Rise On. Yeah. And... I th- it seems a little more like about today's climate.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, my little attempt at a political jam.
0: What did, what, what was the, I mean, how did this come about? I know, well, obviously, the current yeah. climate, yeah. but...
1: I think it was just basically, I mean, not to get too political. On, right. But, yeah, the current administration, the state of affairs, um, the people in charge just seem completely um, not in charge. So, it's... It's basically about how gold seems to be, money seems to be more important than people right. than people's lives. And it's, right. you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, like I said, it's a, it's a feeble attempt at a, or my attempt of a protest.
0: Jan. Well, and that's, you know, and that is a thing right now. It's also a thing, like, always yeah. in the world, in this country is, like, money just being more important than...
1: Than people. People. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess... You know, I think you're right. I mean, it's been, it's, it's a long story. It's been happening for a long time, but I just feel like
0: now. But it's, it's really in the forefront, right? Yeah, now.
1: it's just yeah. pretty blatant and yeah. obvious. Well,
0: and, I enjoyed that. Uh, thanks, I listen man. to your stuff on Spotify. Is there somewhere else people can listen to your albums?
1: Um, well, funny should I ask. It's yeah. actually, it's available everywhere on, on all, all your listening platforms. Awesome. Yeah, Apple, YouTube music, uh, whatever they are. Yeah. Spotify.
0: I enjoy it. Uh, it puts me, I like to find different music that puts me in different moods. This one, puts me in a real just like kind of
1: which one rise on uh or not, domino not necessarily rise on but yeah uh
0: domino and love to a lesser extent puts me in just like a kind of a just a hanging out vibe well, you know just yeah. like kind of cool
1: easy well love yeah. loved was more of the love falling mm-hmm. in love record and is yeah. kind of the breakup record right so yeah it's a little bit more angry a little more hateful
0: the whole what was the oh gosh it's the fourth track on domino and it's like i'll i'll be fine i'll be right? fine that's They're, a cool that, track that horn segment yeah. at the end is bonkers dude and yeah. that's what i'm into like for me like if you ask me like what's what's your favorite beatles song oh it's uh penny lane because it's got those crazy horns. yeah you know that's just me but uh like it people should listen to it
1: and uh that's a nice pull actually that's a really cool moment the, my buddy who produced that record this guy scott siever is a great drummer he actually plays drums with tenacious d but he's what yeah he's a monster talent but he produced that record in the horn section are these guys from called? Uh, got the band was called Kneebody, and they're which is a great name, but they're a pretty aggressive current avant-garde jazz group. Wow! So those guys, yeah, there's some heavies on that record.
0: That's and, crazy. You yeah. had a song called Heavies on I Love. I did, have, uh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, that was probably my favorite song on yeah, the album. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the road. And what it's like to perform on the road because the only thing I know about the road is uh, from the the band journey. Instead, it's, there's no place to start a family. That's all <laughs> right, I know. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that makes sense to me, but who knows? Did you
1: like being on the road? I loved being on the road. I mean, I so I got started touring in the in the '90s, and I was in a band. We were signed to Geffen, or, or DGC, and we got in a van and just traveled all across the U.S you know, for seven years in a van, which is brutal, but it was great. You got to see everything and fight for hotel rooms. And this was pre-Google, you know, pre, you know, fax machines, no cell phones, just trying to figure it out. Um, so I loved it. I loved the what adventure. Was the band? It was a band called the Freewheelers. Yeah, okay. it was, but funny enough, the Freewheelers and, um, uh, we'll get to that later, but um, that was my first band. That was the band I was going to UC Berkeley and dropped out. And okay. auditioned for the band and got got the gig, and it was uh, sort of a, one of those moments that changed the trajectory of, okay. of my life.
0: The Freewheeler sounds like it would be like a Bob Dylan cover band, yeah, like the Freewheeling and Free, Bob Dylan. The, exactly, the, that was the in- inspiration. Is that right?
1: That's a, yeah, exactly. Man, it, I'm it, on it, top of things, you today, got, Chris Joyner. You, you know your shit, man. But it's <laughs> it's actually it was more modeled after the band. The band, oh sure. So I played piano. We had a guy who played B three in there as well, and a great singer songwriter. This guy named Luther Russell, and. Uh, yeah, we everywhere opened up for like everybody. I mean, it was a great time. Southside Johnny met Robbie Robertson. It was it was it was cool.
0: Remind me, what was the name of the the, the place you were signed to?
1: Uh, Geffen. Or what label you mean? Yeah, or? The,
0: the it was three letters. Oh, DGC. DGC. Yeah, I believe I own an album called DGC Rarities, which uh, we has, might be on there. Yeah. yeah okay. Because uh, it's it's great. It's got uh, DGC Rarities has. Einstein on the Beach which is a Counting Crows like a yeah. uh, rare song. Yeah, same but label, exactly. Everyone's uh favorite Counting Crows song. It's it's like the yellow lead better of Counting Crows, right? You know, <laughs> anyway. I, I was like, DGC, I haven't Desert? heard yeah. I've only heard that name on that album. I was like, oh now I know somebody that's like so that's David Geffen, Geffen exactly. Oh! Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That totally David Geffen sense. Company. Okay, cool. So M-
1: Nirvana was on DGC as well. Or, yeah.
0: This is crazy. It's yeah. blown my mind, Chris Joyner. <laughs> 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 so uh what what was your favorite thing about being on the road?
1: um well i can tell you getting out of the van and getting into a tour bus was a nice change yeah um i don't know i love the travel i love when you're traveling with a group of players or you it's a family on the road it becomes its own little nomadic clan and wake up and try to figure out what you're going to do for your day off and try to find like the best Mm -hmm. cup of coffee or the best bar or the best sandwich or whatever you know.
0: Yeah, I would think that would be uh, definitely a perk is the fewer person likes to uh, try uh, out things in different cities and different parts of the world that you usually get there probably, and the show is not till nighttime, so you might have the day to do things. Yeah, or
1: sometimes you got a couple days off. Yeah, but in, every town has this, this thing, you know? So, like, Indianapolis is this town, this restaurant that has, like, the best shrimp cocktail. Really? Um, like, the best shrimp cocktail. I, I think it's Remo's. I can't. I'll, I'll figure out. I'll come back to it. Maybe we'll Google it. Wow. But, um... So stuff like that. So it's cool. And then, of course, you know, you're in a new city and I played some pretty great venues, like Red Rocks in Denver was amazing. I've never
0: been to Red Rocks, but every time I hear like a live from Red Rocks track, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, (laughs) man.
1: Um, Madison Square Garden, you know, so it's cool. So, you know, playing in really tiny, tiny, tiny clubs, literally with chicken wire with them like pitching beer bottles at you. Oh, wow. And getting up to like the Madison Square Garden or Radio City. It's cool. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, you ever played in a bowling alley? I have actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which ones we have, but I've yeah, I've played.
0: Yeah, I've seen a couple shows of bowling alleys. It's so weird, but cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's a place called the Ranch Bowl in Omaha.
1: Yeah, we, yeah. We were talking about that. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think we played there.
0: Well, you know, Heart is one of the bands that you toured with for a while.
1: Heart was more more recent. Yeah, yeah. Co- past couple of years. Yeah.
0: Um, that's a huge band, mm-hmm. I mean, and and they span decades, obviously. what What is it like, you know, like you said, you've played in very small bands with uh, very small venues and different type of bands where they weren't as blown up as heart. What's it like when you're at that level, the shows, man? Uh,
1: pretty, I mean, Ann Wilson, the singer, is uh, a force of nature.
0: And... One of the most powerful voices in history.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I've I've toured with some players, you know, like Jason Mraz would always do his vocal warm-ups and Anne would go out and just let out this primal scream Mm -hmm. and that was her warm-up and we'd go out and she would just kill it. Yeah. So, um, a lot of my time with Heart was just me just staring at Anne in awe and just like listening to her. Like she (laughs) literally is just like, she's channeling, she's coming from another place, man. She's living from another planet, but she's, she was... Yeah, she's you know definitely one of the ones who's touched like her and Robert Plant. Like I've never played with Plant, but Robert like they're Plant, just man. they're just kind of coming from somewhere else, yeah. you know.
0: He, you know, I like Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. with Robert Plant, but You're when like he had his solo album that uh, now and Zen, man, I was into that with he, Tall Cool One and uh, just like that was cool, dude. To me, I, I like, don't
1: I don't know that record that yeah. well, but what I do like about him is that he's never really rested on the laurels of Zeppelin. No. He's just kind of. Still doing it, still going and moving forward, and still just creating and just trying new stuff. And he's, yeah,
0: yeah, I liked it. What was in the 80s when he had that Honey Drippers yeah. band? It yeah. was like it's like an it sounded like an old school, like, I'm yeah, gonna, not Lawrence Welk, but um, but very very doo-woppy, yeah, of very doo-woppy, not doo-wop-y Led Zeppelin, yeah, at exactly. all, you know, yeah. um, and a lot of strings in the background, and yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, you told me uh, something about through heart, you had met Paul Allen. <laughs> The billionaire Ooh, uh, yeah. who owned, you know, who owns everything, who owned everything. Everything, yeah, rest in peace. Uh, yeah, and a lot of sports teams in Seattle. Uh, and I did not know this about Paul. I did not know he was a musician.
1: Paul, yeah, Paul, Surprising, Paul was a neat dude. Um, besides being incredibly, incredibly wealthy, he was incredibly generous and he loved to write music and play guitar. So he would surround himself with musicians, surround himself with musicians. Um, I think. Um, just someone else who wasn't sort of, I don't know, just for a different conversation and a different perspective. But we would write songs. Um, he had a couple boats that we'd you know, you'd fly bands out to. I'm not sure if I'm actually supposed to be talking about this. But it was great. But we'd, uh, we'd, <laughs> no one's listening to this. we just us. But we'd, uh, we'd, I mean, I got flown to uh, Papua New Guinea, and we'd go scuba diving and wow. um, write music. And he would play, have a party in Cannes, France. Con Cannes? can con however you say it. i don't i still don't know how to say yeah, it man. Potato. Fam- yeah <laughs> yeah so but we went there and actually from one of our last tours um we jumped from there and he took took a couple of us to africa which was amazing just a safari and we're playing in the middle of the desert on these you know in these camps wow you know playing Warren Zevon jams it was neat dude neat dude it's very cool and, and it's surpri- like literally surprisingly a great great guitar player yeah yeah obsessed with hendrix
0: we talked about this in the intro. You have actually performed on Saturday Night Live two times. Yes. What's that experience like?
1: Uh, terrifying. Actually, for me, the first time uh, was with Cheryl Crow. And we were doing... Uh, God, yeah, I forgot what year that was. But it was for My Favorite Mistake. Okay. And it was... Um, of course, it's live. Yeah. And you're terrified. And it's such an iconic show. And you've got... You know that all your friends and your family are watching it. But um, she was amazing but in that band was Wendy Melvoin from Wendy and Lisa oh. um, so from Prince's band so right. I of course was terrified to be on TV you know kind of geeking out on Wendy Yeah. and then of course it's live and the song starts off on me oh. on Oregon yeah so uh, thankfully I had a friend of mine who was there who gave me a nice little glass of uh, courage to kind of okay. calm me down a nice. bit but yeah well. it was great but I mean it's amazing it's uh it was iconic I think uh, Shaq was on there
0: Oh, Shaq was hosting yeah. that week.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think he was, or he That's, was there because I remember he picked up the drummer. Actually, <laughs> yeah, picked, that. yeah, it was very funny. <laughs> um, and the second time I did it was with uh, Ray LaMontagne, and that okay. was amazing, fun horn section, and it was great. Very cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's hard to tell from watching the show too. I imagine the crowd is not actually that big in the, the studio audience. It isn't actually. Yeah.
1: Now I've done a couple. I mean, I've done Letterman. I've done all. I've done all the shows um, with various bands. Not to say, does that sound douchey? Am
0: no. I, okay. Um, I think I saw you with Heart on one of the other late night shows. Kimmel, yeah, we did Kimmel.
1: Kimmel. Um, Yeah, yeah, I've done Kimmel. I think I've done them all.
0: Well, that one's cool because you're on an outdoor stage at Kimmel, right?
1: Right, well, there's an outdoor stage because I did that with uh, this guy Zed, actually, but for Hart, I think we did the inside. You were inside. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The
0: outside is for like the very end of the show. Yeah. If they have somebody in the middle of the show, it's on stage. Or like
1: the bigger bands. like It feels like the Foo Fighters or somebody. Right. They're they're not going to squeeze their band in in that small (laughs) stage.
0: Before we go any further, we had a delightful breakfast from lucky boy in pasadena and so good lucky boy's been a staple since like the 60s and i found out you hadn't had the world famous breakfast burritos from lucky boy i said that we would not have changed that today so good
1: (laughs) an embarrassment at bacon what did you think of yeah what did you think of the lucky boy breakfast burrito it was it's a it's a one-stop shop man that's all you need is the uh that's all you need for the day like it cut, really is. It's, you yeah. could
0: probably cut it in half and eat it for two days, Yeah, exactly. uh, to be honest.
1: And uh, I'm amazed that we managed to stay awake afterwards and not just go straight <laughs> into taking a nap.
0: I, actually, I I was like thinking about how much that burrito weighs, and I looked it up online and people have weighed it. And it's, it weighs almost a pound and a half, yeah, this
1: burrito. it's no joke.
0: Now, we've seen burritos uh, around the country that are three pounds, but those are for, like, dinner burritos and like challenging, you know, I dare you to eat this burrito. Right,
1: right, exactly. Just
0: for the regular burrito to be a pound and a half is impressive. Or obscene. It's both. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Impressively I feel, obscene. I feel so happy and just disgusted with myself yeah. at the same time. I mean, I'm proud.
1: I mean, we did finish them though <laughs> yeah. too, so.
0: Yeah. It's got, us... uh, what does it got It's got uh, hash browns. Yeah. It's got a l- it's, uh, hash browns, cheese. Bacon. Lots of bacon. Yeah. They do the thing that I like at some places where they kind of uh, char up the outside of the tortilla
1: a little mm. bit. You
0: know, it's a little crispy.
1: And eggs. There are eggs in there, And right? the
0: scrambled eggs. And they have their own sauce, which is also really good. That but a lot delicious. of bacon. But so there are beans?
1: I don't think there are beans. No, there's no beans. Okay, No good. beans. That's what it Which
0: a... I don't know that I love beans or if it's required in a breakfast burrito to me. I'm good with the bacon and eggs and the cheese. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I
1: could take it. It's just, it seems like it might make for a little more of a complicated evening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, the bacon the, and the scrambled eggs make it complicated already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Uh, this is just the standard breakfast burrito there, you know? Yeah. So if you guys are into that, and you're to me, no question, somebody proved me wrong by inviting me to your place and finding a better breakfast burrito than the one at Lucky Boy. I like a lot of breakfast burritos in Los Angeles, but that one to me is the best what, how would you rank
1: it? Really? I would have to agree. Actually, yeah. I think it's worth. I mean, we live in. You drove to Pasadena yeah. to go pick yep. this bad boy up, and that's that how was, good they are. Yeah, I mean, that was it. That was a haul, man. I will schlep. Yeah, the... it was a schlep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fall back on the Yiddish, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I'll have a breakfast
0: burrito. I'm so glad that they're uh, still. Up and around and thriving, hopefully. And uh, I like to support all the businesses that you know make us such great food. And yeah, no, I know it's
1: cool, especially the mom and pops. You know, right. you gotta you gotta give those guys some love.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for going on the breakfast with me. It oh, was, man, thank it you. Was decadent and uh, anytime, but you know, not for another month or so, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I got
1: to recover. Yeah, it's like once <laughs> once every couple months.
0: I'm interested in because um, I know that you also compose music for like videos for films and. Uh, different things you'd like to, how, what's your approach towards that?
1: uh Yeah, that was fun, actually. You know, so I think going back to the fact that I grew up around film, uh, I grew up watching a lot of movies, just movies, movies, movies. My mom is a big fan of the film. So we would go, and I think by just being exposed to so much music, you kind of learn the the arcs, you know, right. the, the, the emotive sort yeah. of it, peaks and valleys or whatever. Um, and it's it's been fun actually. I've been working with a, a new director, this woman named Amhollis um, um, Morgan, out of New York. And I've done a, maybe th- three of her films, okay. and she's pretty great actually. And she's just she's very sparse. She'll just give you a bit of a, an emotion that she wants, you know. And it's trying to create from whatever instruments that you have to try and match that emotion. It's pretty cool actually. Yeah,
0: that's um, really interesting. it's
1: neat. But like specifically and just and obviously. What you can do to create uh, an emotion and a you know a feeling, uh, if it's you know just like a kick drum, or if it's just like a kalimba, or like a melodica—that was the yeah. accordion thing, there, right? The, the mouth accordion, you know—that
0: um, Ben Folds uses a lot. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly, exactly. And then I, I did a, f- a film that hasn't come out yet for this guy named Charles Murray, and um, that was pretty great actually. And he was, he, he—that was probably my first feature that I've done, and it was uh god oh god um he gave me a lot of space he's definitely i think i was trying to do chris joyner via Trent resner which was interesting um Pretty cool. but it was yeah it was fun man i, I like it a lot actually and y'all you, you also get to do it from home so um well
0: so that's interesting that that i don't know if that's always like that where she just gives you kind of general notes and lets you kind of go no she was amazing no yeah.
1: that's like and she's 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 really, I think, etheric in her her communication, which is great. It's just, you know, I want something that makes you feel like this. Yeah. And it's it's cool. It's so, but it's, but the thing that's funny, obviously, about emotion, not to ramble, is that, you know, people obviously respond to things in different ways. So, like, what would make me happy may not make you happy. What would make you sad may not make you sad. It's true. You know, so it's, it's neat. So, it's in a way, um, it's like a puzzle.
0: Yeah. And it's also the, the director, understanding or are you guys getting on the same wavelength yeah. so that you so that you mean the same thing you say i mean sad we both are on the same right. vibe with that yeah. yeah so it could be the like you would work great with her but another director you guys just don't vibe at totally. all totally
1: and that actually that that definitely does happen but she's i mean i think not to get all astrological on it but she's she just you know she doesn't speak in happy and sad she speaks more in you know i don't know i i wish she, she's got a really neat way of expressing herself and pulling out performances. So, yeah, it's cool. It's neat. It's neat. It's a neat new way to look at music for me. It is now time for the
0: segment we call Breakfast Quick Bites.
1: Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. So,
0: Chris Jordan, you're a, a native uh, Los Angelino. So, if you are out on the streets of L.A. and you need some late night eats, would you choose Pink's, the famous hot dog joint, or Tommy Burger?
1: Ooh, controversial. Uh, I guess the question is, uh, am I Pink's? Pink's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess if I was, I have you've got to be sufficiently bombed to wind up at Tommy's. <laughs> I think to do you know to justify, yeah. Because the havoc that's going to wreak on you the next day. But I think that uh, I used to live around the corner from Pink's, so oh.
0: Well, it's, like, it's maybe a little bit of an unfair fight when I now that I think about it because Pink's has so many types of hot dogs, yeah. and you can probably also get a chili dog yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, and and Tommy Burr, although it's iconic and many locations, right. is pretty much the. Um,
1: I always think of the OG down off a of Rampart. When yeah. I think of yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't really go to the other ones. I mean, I think there was one in Westwood that maybe I went to back in the day. But I always think whenever I think of Tommy's, like it's worth. Right. It's the schlep, you know, it's about the hog downtown.
0: I got to say there's one by my house and the one thing I will get there, that's the only time I go there is sometimes in the morning I'm like, I need, I need a breakfast burrito with chili in it. Oof. And that's, man, you are paying the price for the rest of the day, but it's delicious. Yeah. It is delicious. It's pretty good. And it's almost like I can't consider breakfast burritos. It's so different from most breakfast burritos, you know, because it's got the sausage patties in there and the, ch- the chili on top
1: of it brunch like, a brunch burrito
0: yeah maybe yeah. maybe but uh, you ever had yeah. an
1: okie dog do we ever talk about this
0: I've had an okie dog yeah
1: that's another <laughs> I think it's what a hot it's two hot dogs uh, chili pastrami yep. American yeah. cheese it's like it's such a heart attack in the it, it is
0: delicious though it's a good, it's uh, yeah, a good combination yeah. it's a surprising combination
1: booze helps again
0: <laughs> right sorry uh, Chris Joyner, breakfast quick bite number two. Okay. As a prolific musician, you have played in just about every type of venue imaginable. If you have to choose one, would you rather play a packed stadium or giant venue, whatever you choose, or a small intimate club?
1: Um. Well, okay. These are quick bites, quick questions. Sure. I, I would say this, the smaller venue, actually. Yeah. I find it to be a little bit more intimate, a little mm-hmm. bit more of a connection. And when you play like the bigger venues like forums or these the arenas or whatever there's such a disconnect from the fans right and you're, you' are you, you just you can't necessarily feel the yeah. audience I mean of course it's yeah. it's definitely great for the ego to look out and just see thousands and thousands of people yeah um it's cool but uh if I had my drugvis I like I like theaters or clubs a good rock club
0: I think intimate clubs are cool too and I think as a musician like what would annoy me is at the big things. When so many people are just like, oh, they're they're going to get their beers and stuff. And then also the people out there yelling, Play Brick. Yeah. Right. Freebird. Freebird. Freebird's the
1: one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, that's kind of what I thought. Uh, yeah. A true musicians gonna pick the intimate
1: club. Yeah. I mean that's just, you know, yeah. Me. But it's also it's definitely an ego stroke. I mean, when you're I mean, I've played some pretty great I've played some cool rooms, but um yeah, I think I'll take a, a good rock club any day, like the nine thirty club in DC. It's a, right. good, it's a good room. Right.
0: Well before we get out of here, I need to get three last-minute recommendations from Chris Joyner.
1: Okay. And last, here we go. Okay.
0: What is a guilty pleasure show, movie, or album that you've enjoyed?
1: Guilty pleasure. Um, okay, I'm going to go current, actually. This is kind of funny, actually. Okay. There's, there's a show called Ted Lasso. Have you checked this out? No. On Apple? It's a... Uh, I can't... Uh, oh, God. What I don't
0: have Apple yet. Should I get it? There's so many good shows. There's some like good like on things there. on
1: there. Jason Sudeikis oh okay and I think because the world is in such America's currently feeling a bit like a dumpster fire not to get too dark on you this show is so suspiciously altruistic and positive and light and jovial that it's look forward to it it's 30 minutes okay um, somebody just tweeted about it that it shouldn't work but it's just it's just so it's just it's so good (laughs) right and I think it's because there's so much heaviness in the world that it's such a nice juxtaposition yeah you know so Ted Lasso. All right. Alpha, I'm a fan of James Sudakeus, I'll have to check He's that funny, out. He's funny, man. Yeah. It's it's surprisingly uh, that's most recent.
0: Yeah. What's a hidden gem show, movie, or album that uh, that that you love that people may not know?
1: Uh got it back to TV. Okay, well there's a couple hmm, good lord. Okay. For T V, there's a show called Devs, D E V S. I started watching Devs. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Really kinda sublime and right. cool and beautiful yep. and sort of a love song to San Francisco, but um I love that show. Um, it's a cool Ta- show. Yeah, Tales from the Loop was cool as well.
0: You know, okay. So here's the you- breakfast tie in the Tales from the Loop. Okay, uh, Stephanie Estes plays the teacher on Tales from the Loop. I don't want to give anything away because she has kind of an interesting storyline. Oh
1: yes, yeah. yes, yes yes, was, yes, uh, yes, yes. She was
0: she uh, was one of my guests on the. Oh Brentfist. really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, look, that show went under the radar, and I, I can't believe it. It's so great, and it's such a just a beautiful show to watch. Yeah. And it's a sci-fi show, and it's like everything I want in that type of show. And it missed a lot of people, and yeah. I, I keep saying it and keep saying it until people.
1: Yeah, I'm glad it. you dug Tales it. from the Loop is great. Yeah, too. it's really great, and like this, the whole aesthetic, and I guess it was modeled after a Swedish painter mm-hmm. and the stories. All of his, p- uh, yeah. all
0: of his artwork. Yeah, yeah. some crazy. It's stuff. cool. It's
1: really cool. Right. Yeah, we were. I'm glad we found it.
0: <laughs> What's the show, movie, or album that is your spirit animal? Mm.
1: Spirit animal. Okay, Uh ba boo. Um, let's see. There's a, a record spirit animal uh, let's say frank's wild years by okay. yeah by Tom Waits which yeah. was uh um I got hit to that record uh, at a pretty magical time in my life I was on the beach I might have been in a in an altered state some would say <laughs> but it was a pretty pivotal time and uh it just kind of takes you on a journey man uh does that record this Kiko by los lobos which is another great record Kiko is a great do you know that record yeah it's a great oh, yeah. record man yeah. and it's for anybody who just thinks of Los Lobos as La Bamba man. It's like those guys. No, they have some good stuff. Great yeah. stuff. Um you know what, I mean what's going on? Uh talking book. I don't know. I okay. I, I trying to get it down the one is is hard but um I can tell you yeah that's Thief of the Tillerman also is another okay. weird Cat Stevens record that like yeah. I'll always listen to like stop top to bottom. Right. And currently there's not a lot of new records that I could say that about. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for those
1: recommendations. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to I check mean, all those out. They're uh, so and weird maybe and... I'll have to
0: watch Tales from the Loop again.
1: Yeah, it's good. And check it <laughs> finish devs, man. Stick okay. with it because it's 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 cool. All right. And Ted Lasso. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, guys, if you'd like to get more info on the Breakfast Show, such as pics of Chris Joyner and I enjoying our breakfast from Lucky Boy in Pasadena, here's what you do. You hit me up on Instagram at Scoops Pope. You can give me a follow, and if you have a breakfast question, you know, ask away. Hit me up. And make sure you also follow my Facebook actor page at Facebook.com forward slash Brent. Dot pope, Go to the show website, brentfast.com or your favorite podcast provider. And if you like the show, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 30 other countries over six continents. The latest jump on board being Mississippi. What? Welcome. And trust me, my bacon battalion, <laughs> my pancake peeps, we are just hitting our stride. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rose Marie Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciation. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Marco Leon, for making me sound so good. Marco. Chris Joyner, anything you're working on right now and where can we find you on social media?
1: Uh, let's see. I am on Instagram. I ditched Facebook a couple years ago, but I'm also on Twitter. I'm okay. joiner Chris on Twitter.
0: All right. And Instagram, what is your handle there? Uh, the Mighty CJ.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Hey, hey man. Look, own it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Own it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It made sense at the time makes sense now. Thank you, bud. Thank you.
0: <laughs> All right. Pleasure having you in the studio. Thank Thanks you for, you for coming me. in. Uh, and, you know, we'll go get some other breakfast eaters that aren't quite so big. But, so down. Uh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and with that, we put another standing room only episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya.